Hello and welcome to another episode of Wannabe Entrepreneur. Today I have another interview for you. And uh, today I have with me Kavya. Hey Kavya. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good, very good. Thank you so much for accepting this uh, invitation to speak about your product, resume. And uh, yeah, so again, the way I met uh, Kavya was through uh, Twitter, which is the platform I'm using now to get most of the people I interview. And uh, I I just saw your product. I think you, you maybe in the hashtag building public, could it be? Mm-hmm. Are you using that hashtag too? Yep, yep, I am. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I saw the product and I thought it was super interesting. You'll speak about a resume in uh, in a second and we'll speak about it as well. But it's, uh, it's basically a product that helps people build nice resumes, resumes that stand out. And it's a, it's a tool that people can also pay in order to, to use and, uh, and to activate a bunch of other features. But you, you'll speak about it in, in a minute, so no worries. And um, yeah, so I'm super excited to, to speak with you and, and speak about also your, your journey. And I would start by asking you, Kavya, to introduce yourself in, uh, in a few words. Who is Kavya? Sure. Thanks. Thanks, Tiago, for uh, inviting me over. I'm actually quite excited uh, to be talking to you, sharing this journey uh, with all your listeners. So um, I'm Kavya. I'm basically from India, uh, but I'm based in Singapore. I've been in Singapore um, for over 11 years now. Um, I came here for my studies and then I graduated. Um, I worked actually in a couple of uh, large banks like JP Morgan, Commerce Bank for a couple of years before I uh, moved to a startup environment. Um, When I was in these companies, I realized that um, um, I do like working um, on ideas. I do like working on building things. Um, That excited me. So um, I moved to a startup, not my own, but um, it was started by two other uh, co-founders. So I I worked there. And um, while I was working throughout these different organizations, um, I did work on side projects. Um, something that I could call my own. So, mm-hmm. so that's how uh, my journey has been so far. There were um, two ideas that, that I tried and failed. So maybe I can talk about those as well um, as we uh, move along. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But then finally, the third one uh, is here, which is uh, Resume Pro that you mentioned. So now mm-hmm. I'm, um, I recently uh, quit my full-time job to focus on building Resume further. So yeah, yeah, that's me. And you and we figured out that you quit at the same time as I quit. Yes. To start change it right <laughs> also in June. Exactly. So not long, not long ago. Exactly. Yeah, and I do think um, well, the pandemic did have a part to play for me to realize right. that you know uh, when when we were all like sitting at home and uh, working and that kind of gave me some time as well to reflect and introspect. You know, maybe this is the time to take uh, yeah. a leap forward. Yeah, you know, I. I think a lot of people were speaking about the big resignation or something oh, because yes. I think a lot of people also quit or use this opportunity to change jobs or change careers. So yeah, maybe it's not something that unique and a lot of people did it, but exactly. it's still it's still brave, especially during the pandemic, right? Because 
it's a it's a time very volatile times when we don't know if uh, we will have a job uh, you know so it's kind of risky and it's something that i i was somehow worried mm-hmm. about before quitting because a lot of people told me like are you sure you want to quit now in this pandemic um so so you also you are uh, also i mean you're from india and uh, where in india by the way um i'm from bangalore down south bangalore is it the capital of startups no uh, <laughs> well you could say that uh, a lot of uh, tech companies a lot of startups are based in bangalore so yes yeah because <laughs> yeah. on twitter there's a lot of people speaking about it uh, about bangalore and about the yeah it's kind of the capital of startups of of india or something so. <laughs> true true they call it the silicon valley of india exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. silicon valley of india <laughs> cool and then what is your background when you work when you were working for these banks and so on what was your area um so i worked in a, a variety of roles actually so i'm an engineer by uh, by education um, mm-hmm. i worked in uh, technology teams um, i was in data team so in banks uh, there are very niche specific roles so so i was uh, in one of those uh, debt instruments data team Uh, but when I okay. when I moved on to the startup, um, the the most recent one that I was working at, there were a lot of different kinds of hats that I had to wear: product management, uh, talking to the developers, uh, translating our business requirements, right. uh, and also marketing the app. So so that that's when uh, yeah it, it was quite exciting and very new for me. Uh, I have n- no background in marketing whatsoever. But uh, mm-hmm. that's something that you have to learn uh, along. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you were doing some kind of data engineering position before. Yeah. Or and then you moved towards, yeah, everything basically. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, you know it's funny because uh, in one of my episodes I did uh, I have a, a friend from India, and uh, we did. Uh, episode where I compared my experience working on a startup in Germany because I used to work in Germany, mm-hmm. and then he compared his experience working in a startup in uh, in India, mm-hmm. which was uh, I think Gurgaon, mm-hmm. close to Delhi. Um, and it it's it's interesting because in the end we kind of realized that everything was very similar somehow. And uh, I want to ask you. Like how was your experience working? So the the startup was it in Bangalore too? Uh, no, it, it was in Singapore. So I, ah, I, was I in came Singapore. to Singapore 11 years ago. So I've been working uh, in Singapore ever since. Okay, and uh, what? Tell me about the difference. Uh, so you just said it, of course, that in the startup you used to work, you or you wear many hats. Mm-hmm. But what what uh, what was the difference for your uh, motivation was it like more motivating for you did you f- have more passion working on a startup uh did you feel more fulfilled or uh, were you just burning out burn out and you couldn't do much right that's a very interesting question um i have pondered about it a lot in the past as well um basically i think i'm somewhere um in between being risk averse and risk taking if you could mm-hmm. if classify me somewhere there so um it, by that i mean um i am risk taking in the sense i i don't um enjoy being um in a role which is which i have figured out after five to six months right so that's how like it was in a bank where 
um, the, the rules are well defined. You know, th- these this is what is expected of you. Um, right. So after a certain point in the learning curve, that there, there is a plateau, and uh, generally, like people would would change roles internally, like they would move to different teams so that they're challenging themselves. And soon I realized like that's that's not something that excites me anymore. Um, so, so which is when I started working on my side projects just to see, um, you know, if this is something that I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. And then I realized um, that, that it is very different when you're working on something uh, which is very small, which is very um, in its nascent stage, and then you're building it up. So um, in that sense, I made that move to, to a startup. So, right. um, so I would say it was more of a pull factor than a push factor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, these things, like, it, it's also about how much appetite you have uh, to take that risk or that plunge uh, at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and what were the the bad things or, or things that you added better in, in the bank or in the more traditional company that you didn't enjoy so much in the startup? Right. So it was a reality check for me when I started uh, working uh, for the startup. I realized that um, like like all the all the good things, um, of course, I, I was aware of, but, but no one told me that, um, you know, how hard it would be without any uh, structure or processes in place. So we mm-hmm. had to hire people for our startup. So I, I was the HR manager. And um, every time we would have to invoice something, I would do the admin work. Um, so sometimes like we had to apply for grants from the government for the startup. Right. So then you literally have to f- figure out everything on the go. So yeah. for the first two months, it was fine. Everything's new. And, and I was enthusiastic. I was like, okay, give me more. I, I will do this and I will do that. But but after a while, it's it gets exhausting. It definitely yeah. gets exhausting. So you need an external motivation as well. Uh, like if you're going for the pay, um, I I, mm-hmm. I don't think that would uh, necessarily hold you for the Maybe. long term. Yeah. 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 So, so what was your external motivation? Um, yeah. So, so for me, the external motivation was uh, the fact that um, we were building something and I could see my work being translated uh, right. directly. Like, like uh, I could see it quantified or you know or the end product uh, is visible but but in a big yeah. company you don't know where your efforts are actually going into your just yeah. yeah so i i totally agree with you because i i used to work on a company called truvago which was a be- very big company mm-hmm. and uh, or not super super big but they were like more than, than a thousand of employees then i moved also to a, a small startup and uh, truvago had everything so you had parties, a nice atmosphere, a great office, good tech. <laughs> but I always felt that there was missing some purpose. And uh, when I moved to the startup, I, I, f- I didn't have any other uh, perks or no perks like I had in Trivago, but I had okay. the purpose. And I think it was very much related to that. So the fact that I know that if it wasn't for me, those things wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Trivago, like... I always had this feeling that okay, if it's not me, someone, someone else, if someone other developer that they will do just the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I don't make so much of a difference. And I think that's also what I what I like about uh, start right. the startup. 
Right, exactly. And um, also the fact that um, if you don't do that work, the work won't get done. So so that's also something that exactly, um, yeah, yeah. yeah you realize uh, when you go to a Would startup. you recommend people to go work for a startup if they are uh, looking for a purpose or would you recommend? I, I would say it would uh, personally depend on their personality type. Um, whether mm-hmm. whether they like uncertainty because there's a lot of uncertainty uh, in work and in terms of uh, like salary and perks or or even um, the product itself or the company's direction itself because I feel um, a lot of times what happens is that people might join a startup um, without realizing that maybe uh, maybe they don't believe in the product or they don't believe in the direction of the product but they Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that would hurt in the long run. Like if you're not aligned with what the right. vision of the company is, because it's so small, any inflection in any change uh, would affect you also quite deeply. Like for for example, yeah. if if JP Morgan tomorrow says that um, they want to start investing in crypto or, or, or whatever, they change their stance. Um, mm-hmm. For me as an employee, it would not affect that much. But right. but for a startup, if they they pivot or they make some change and uh, you're not fully on board with it, it would, uh, yeah, it would affect. Yeah, yeah. That that's a great tip, and uh, I totally subscribe to that. I, I think that if someone is looking to work for a startup, it's very important to make all the questions, even the uncomfortable questions, like uh, asking what is the runway, what uh, what is going to be the, the in one year where the company will be like. Normally, you also get to speak with the CEO, right. and I think it's quite important to understand if it's, if the, as you said, if the future of the company and the path and aligns with your own and wh- where you want to go, because as you said, you will really be all in and uh, you are going to be part of the team. And it's also an essential member, like every new hire for a startup is crucial. Because they can also somehow destroy the company, you know. Exactly. So, yeah. 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 I, I think you make a very valid point. Um, basically, there there's no hierarchy in um, startups, at least that not much, right? Other than mm-hmm. maybe the CEO, the rest of them pretty much have their uh, their say weighed in into each of the uh, decisions. So um, with that, because they're going all in and there is no hierarchy, it's all the more reason why one must. Um, ask and and be very sure that uh, what is the startup able to give them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. And um, let's let's move our conversation more towards your uh, your product re- resume. So it's resume dot pro. Yeah. If uh, if the listeners want to check it out uh, right now while we're speaking, and um, so tell me, can, can pitch me resume. In a, like, do a little pitch to our listeners about what what is Resume about. Um, so, Resume Pro helps job seekers create uh, unique resumes that that help them stand out without a lot of effort. So, what mm-hmm. I mean by that is that uh, a lot of times, what happens is that recruiters get tons of resumes, right? And um, unfortunately, like a lot of them are not shortlisted; they are not even looked at, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you you may have the 
correct skills and and even the ats system um applicant tracking system might shortlist your resume because they believe that you know you uh, have the right, right skill but but if the recruiter does not uh, take a look at your resume then you lose out on that opportunity so it's very critical um, as much as we say that um there's only so much a resume can convey you know it, 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 there's always the interview stage where you can actually explain yourself but um whether we like it or not resume is here to stay uh, for for at least the foreseeable future so yeah. um so how do you then stand out so what we realized is that there are some design elements that you can use like for example highlighting with certain colors um or uh, the typography um how do you structure the resume right so we have created design templates on that basis um mm-hmm. um so what what we um, encourage our users to do is just to go there and write their content in markdown uh, not to worry about the design just just uh, put your content there and once you have written it you can just switch between different designs uh, like instagram filters and uh, right. just pick the ones that you like you can customize it further so so that's mm-hmm. the idea i mean uh, it makes total sense and uh, it's definitely a problem and and i think i think you even say that uh, there's even a, some statistics on how much the people hiring actually discard resumes so sometimes it's not it's not about your skills it's just about you were not able to sell yourself very well and i think that that makes little sense to have a, a great shiny resume that people can uh, look at my my question is how this this idea come to you is like or or first first of all were you one of the initial founders so um i'm working on the startup with my husband so uh, okay. we started this in 2019 when he was looking for a job so he's a software okay. engineer by profession then mm-hmm. uh, when he was looking for a job he realized that uh, he he wanted to uh, you know make his resume stand out so then uh, Uh, he he created his resume in markdown uh and he just wanted to play around with different designs essentially so right. uh, typically what happens is when you um design in google docs or uh, ms word or even canva for that matter uh once you you start using a certain design you can't go back to a different design you can't simply switch between designs so when mm-hmm. he was looking for a job um he he tried for himself and then uh, he showed it to me and then we were quite excited about it then we thought hey this is a very interesting uh, idea how about we ask our friends if if they would find this interesting so it was more organic rather than us sitting down and saying okay let's build a, a product or let's come mm-hmm. up with something I guess there's also a lot of other tools mm-hmm. that uh, do also similar uh, maybe not markdown but you can also write everything in a structured way and then it, it changes the the template as well and then in in the end you also have to pay to get your uh, printed copy of your resume did you try using these tools beforehand before starting your own yeah definitely we did so so um the ones that we did use have like where you can change the designs after writing your content as well 
Um, a lot of them come with like fixed formats, fixed form. Like it asks mm-hmm. you to key in your name, or your uh, email address, and whatever the format they have. So they right, have a very yes. fixed structure. So um, with our editor, you can even write your cover letter, not just your resume. You can write anything. Yeah. You can even write your uh, PhD thesis if you'd like. So that is, right. it's just a markdown editor at the end of the day. So so the idea is that we wanted that flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so we did try out. Uh, um, yeah, so I- in that sense, it is different. It, it's not uh, uh, substantially different from a lot of resume builders. I wouldn't claim that uh, for sure. But uh, mm-hmm. what is different is is the uh, markdown element of it, which which has been um, a success with a lot of software engineers uh, we have right. as our users, yeah. um, as well as the flexibility bit. Yeah. Okay, but uh, if if you uh, now I fully understand it, that that's completely true. I've, I I don't think I've ever used a tool for my resume that I could write with Markdown. So it kind of also th- makes me think on uh, LaTeX. I don't know if you know about yes, it, yes. where you basically write and also converts everything into a template. If you allow people to write freely, mm-hmm. how do you make sure that the structure is the right structure? for uh, for um, people hiring so there are two things uh, to to address your question one is that uh, we do have a template that uh, people can start using right so mm-hmm. so you either start with a blank uh, page or you you start with the template that we suggest which also okay. includes like your name um, your work experience skills education contact details and everything so if someone mm-hmm. would like to do that they can use that uh, secondly what i meant by standing out is um, suppose you you use um, like a heading right like a heading for right. work, work yes. experience or so so that that comes with certain design styles because it's in markdown uh, we write heading as h1 or h2 um, right. So then it knows that this is a heading and then headings are styled a particular way. And that's why Markdown right. is so powerful. So you you built this. How long did it take to build the, the first uh, MVP? Uh, the first MVP was actually quite different to what it is today. Um, we, we took about, uh, say, one, one and a half months um, because we were, wow, working, that was uh, we were working on it as a side project, but also because it was so lean. We, we, didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't have uh, a very fancy landing page at that time. It was just uh, one or two sections. And then the, mm-hmm. the main product was a one pager. Uh, it, it was not like how you see it today. So, yeah, uh, it, yeah it was very, very simple uh, thing, which we wanted to show to our friends as well as uh, put it up on our own social media handles. So, so basically, uh, your uh, husband showed you what he was building and he said, okay, this is great. I think this could be something really cool. And then you built an MVP version just to validate the product within your your friends and your network, right? Correct, yes. So I would say that the first 100 users were, were our friends, were our from our network. What um, I did was I created like a form, uh, like a feedback mm-hmm. form, 
uh, right. but rather like just a form to gather uh, information from our network. How do they currently build their resume? What are they doing? How many of them are looking for a job actively? And just a few questions, uh, essentially just for us to uh, gather some information. And then we also put out uh, this uh, Resume Pro uh, MVP on Reddit for mm-hmm. uh, the first 100 users so we got we got a lot of interesting feedback from reddit that's one community yeah. that really invests in you know writing uh, in detail analyzing your product giving you a lot yeah, of suggestions yeah yeah, yeah. I know. Also, when I started to change it, I also use Reddit quite a lot to get my first users. But you also get a lot of hate from Reddit. I feel. <laughs> yes. uh, I don't know if you if you feel yeah. the same. Yeah. Oh, well, they they are quite brutal there. But uh, yeah, 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 we take what we need to. So I think uh, growing a thick skin is also one of the skills uh, I've developed over the years. How did you decide what features were necessary for your MVP? Um, for our MVP, we had to um, have a certain a certain level of assumptions, I would say, um, and then mm-hmm. we validate those assumptions because we ourselves are in a place where we were looking for jobs, right? We are we know how to like how we use a resume. So for the MVP itself, we built something that we thought uh, might be useful uh, because mm-hmm. there, otherwise there's no starting point. So we have to make those assumptions and then then we shared it with people because if you ask someone like like a user you ask them what would you like in a product oh we had a mm-hmm. huge list of features but yeah yeah you got you got to start somewhere like start small and start somewhere so um it, yeah we had our own assumptions and then then we shared it with them but um, i i think that's a constant battle uh, throughout building a product like uh, you get suggestions from all over but then you will have to prioritize which features actually do add value and which features mm-hmm. um, you can just put a pin on and then revisit at a later date right so you you came up with the features by yourself by also your own experience because you are also your own users mm-hmm. your own clients because you use also this kind of tool, obviously, and uh, you shared it with Reddit, with your friends, your social networks. What was the first feedback that you got from the from the network? The first feedback um, that we got were um, it, it was a mixed bag because if you include Reddit, it's definitely a mixed bag. But uh, we mm-hmm. realized with friends and family, um, it's usually very encouraging. Uh, but then I, I would always take it with a pinch of salt because yeah. um, they they want to be nice to you. They want to encourage exactly, you. Yeah. So and and they they might all not be your potential users, right? So um, but but it is still um, the easiest way to reach out to someone because if people like and comment on it, then it kind of uh, goes to their own network, like, like your second and third degree connections. Mm-hmm. So, so that that's what True. is valuable through friends and family uh, to reach out more to amplify. Right. So that's that's how I see friends and family. Um, while they have good intentions, um, I'm more interested. The in... way to reach the, their network, <laughs> <Yes>. right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I do value their feedback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but I agree with you. It's uh, yeah. you know they. Sometimes if there's something that needs to be said that might be a little bit brutal, they won't say it, right? Exactly. But Reddit, in Reddit, they will. And uh, what did they say? 
on Reddit then? Um, on Reddit, the first thing is, oh, another resume builder. Like, you know, we have mm-hmm. seen so many of these. So, so that was definitely something that, uh, that stood out. Uh, but um, yeah, so so in terms of like uh, critical feedback, so it was that. And secondly, they were asking, how do you expect to monetize when there are already so many uh, builders out there? So so that was the yeah. second question, like about about monetization. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, um, there were a lot of software engineers or, or tech enthusiasts there who were excited about Markdown. So that element was positive. Um, right. Yeah. So, so you kind of identified your target user there, right? Yes, in a way. Yes, because uh, there there is a bit of learning curve curve for Markdown. Uh, not a lot, mm-hmm. I would say. Anyone, even with WhatsApp, who uh, formats their WhatsApp text makes it bold or, or underlining. Mm-hmm. It's very similar, so it's it's not too complicated. But but yes, we kind of validated who our uh, early adopters would be. So. You got this feedback and you didn't get discouraged by the people also saying that this is another resume builder because you 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 knew that your target users were developers and that they were excited about it because it, it was markdown. All right. And what what are, were your next steps? Right. So I would say we, we were not discouraged because we also had personally had a need for it. So it, it mm. was kind of, it arose from that um, aspect as well. So we are not building it for like this XYZ uh, person or it's not like mm-hmm. a, a, f- a fan- fantastical user, like a fantasy, you know? Right. So, um, yeah. So after we, we realized that actually maybe there is someone who would use it. And at that time, we didn't, we weren't too worried about monetizing uh, because uh, mm-hmm. we were in like the first hundred users, we were in a very different uh, mindset. Then after that, uh, when we started getting, uh, you know, strangers signing up for our users, strangers as in who are not our friends and family, more right. people started discovering us through Reddit. Uh, then we thought maybe it's uh, time to explore launching on product contents and see mm. how it goes okay. there. Because uh, th- that's where like a ton of our users came in. So... so- on Reddit, were you posting multiple times, or is it just one post that you that you got a lot of uh, attention? So there are a couple of um, uh, subreddits where um, we seek feedback. So mm-hmm. so um, our intention was to actually get get feedback, and and probably we made five posts, but similar uh, similar okay. in nature, which was seeking yeah. feedback. You yeah. know something that happens to me? It's really annoying. I I get banned. <laughs> oh yes, this happens to me as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it it, hap- it happened to me recently. Not when we first validated because we were asking questions and asking feedback, but then mm-hmm. um, when I started marketing again very recently on Reddit, I, I try to you know be helpful and and kind of help people with write, writing their resumes or enhancing it. And then I also kind of uh, mentioned that this is a product that I'm building. But then they they look at it as promotion, and then I was kicked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't think Reddit uh, would be great in terms of promoting a product unless you're advertising. Yeah. <laughs> so. True. I think Reddit is great for your launch as well. Yeah. Or to collect feed initial feedback. Exactly. Yeah. Because there normally you get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. But then if you get back and said, "Hey, by the way, now I build it," blah blah blah. Yeah. Then uh, they will just get annoyed. 
I think Reddit, it's yeah, this is a great point. Reddit is yeah. great for uh, launching oh, as, as it is a product hunt. So how, how did that go? launching in product hunt so for product hunt uh, we had to wait for a couple of months uh, to to be a maker so you, there was a waiting list uh, to become a maker on product hunt so mm. um, we did consider like you know being hunted by someone i don't even know what what that is what is that concept all ah, right so there are uh, these few star users if i may call them that and they are called hunters who hunt interesting products out in the market and then they help you uh, launch on product hunt. So th these mm. people have like, say, thousands of followers. So the uh, Levels IO is one of them, for example. That's I, I always feel that product hunt, it's so much bigger than I thought it was. Because <laughs> what I always do is I just go there, I click submit, I submit my product and mm -hmm. then I get three upvotes. <laughs> <that's it. laughs> but now I, I recently learned and also with the interview with Alexandra that there are many tools that we can use. And now I learned from you that there's people hunting uh, other products right so I, I i'm always have this feeling that i'm doing something something wrong but uh, okay. so you didn't want to to be hunt you wanted to become a maker so you waited a couple of months right right but well it is difficult to find a hunter who wants to hunt you especially because you're so small uh even when you reach out to someone it, it, it's like a cold call you know like you may be lucky you might get them to uh, hunt you but but it, it's um, yeah, it's basically sales in a way. Mm -hmm. So then we decided to launch uh, on Product Hunt and uh, over the next, I think, two or three days, we got uh, 900 new signups for our product. And like, this is over three wow. days. And That's a lot. Before 900? That, yeah, 900. Wow. And about like 4,000 visits. Uh, to our uh, website and then 900 signups. So that's how the funnel uh, flowed down. And Signups, you mean people giving their emails? Yes, giving their emails, creating their profiles, trying out resumes. That is crazy good. Yes. In, in, in only 4,000 4, visits, you got 900. Right, yeah. That's a lot. Because Product Hunt, a lot of them are already uh, coming with the mindset to try your product. They are your early adopters. They are the ones who are enthusiastic. So in a way, mm -hmm. you don't have to market a lot with them. They already have bought in the idea that they want whoever comes. They are very keen. How do you get so many upvotes? I, 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 I tried it, but I never get anything <laughs> besides those, you know, five or six or whatever that are my friends. So I'm probably doing something wrong here. Uh, I, I wish I knew. Uh, I wish I knew what the secret was, but but we did we did launch it. We, you can schedule your launch, so that's one thing we did. We uh. scheduled our launch, and uh, once this was up, we kind of published it on our social media pages. Uh, we don't ask for upwards, so that's something that's not allowed on Product Hunt. You don't solicit votes, but you just tell them that you've published it. You know, why a certain thing clicks and why something doesn't is something uh, I'm not too sure. Yeah. It's, it's the magic of the algorithm, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> the same with the Hacker News, for instance. Sometimes Hacker News, I don't know if you know this website. Yeah, I do. But uh, yeah, when you share something, sometimes it gets viral or a, a bunch of upvotes and it's great for your business. And uh, yeah, sometimes it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, when we launched on Hacker News, we got like 80 new users and that's about it. Mm -hmm. Versus 900 on Product Hunt. 
So I mean, you got five thousand views and nine hundred signups, which I think it's amazing. So, did you then think, okay, we have a great product that people are interested, mm-hmm. or were those signups like a one-time thing where people were just curious and then they just left? Uh, how how did that go? So, um, Product Hunt, when we first launched, uh, interesting thing is that we had not monetized at that time. But um, people who had joined through Product Hunt uh, eventually through the year have remembered us and have come back like after a few months. Like we launched in September 2019 mm-hmm. and throughout of 2020, we, we got a lot of, uh, oh, sorry, uh, we launched in September 2020 and throughout uh, this whole period, we have gotten a lot of um, users coming back and using our product. So mm-hmm. so that's um, fascinating for us uh, uh, as uh, founders because uh, there is nothing actively that we are doing on Product Hunt that makes them uh, remember or, or, you know, come back. But uh, yeah. th- that's a trend that we have noticed. And I think because right. um, also, as I said, th- these users are a very different breed of users. They they are uh, genuinely uh, interested in trying out new things. And because they f- feel that um, this resume builder is a bit different with Markdown, they would want to, um, uh, you know, they remember and come back. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. not something like a user just Googles for something or searches online and comes. So would you say that you, after that, your product product was validated? Um, so I would say for product validation, that's a very interesting question because um, while a lot of people um, have like a lot of positive things to say about the product or they come back, they create their resume, but um, how do we know whether it's really valuable for them? So that's the question, right? Um, I would say that if, if someone actually pays for my product, that's a that's already a that's the validation that I'm looking at because yeah. um, when someone is able to uh, you know give their money give their dollars and say here like I'm willing to give this up to be able to use your product that's there's nothing like it so mm-hmm. um, I would say um, for anyone looking to validate their product uh, just ask for money yes ask for money <laughs> it doesn't have to be a lot even it could be even like something like two dollar five dollars or something small mm-hmm. but if someone says the, that they are they find this product valuable they want to pay for it then i think that's great yeah so so then let, let's speak about money <laughs> <laughs> let's speak about monetization so you said that in the beginning you're not thinking too much about how to monetize it I guess now you were, right? Like uh, after product end, you're already thinking, okay, how am I going to make money with this? Right. Um, actually, in fact, someone was very surprised. Someone in our uh, network was very surprised that we hadn't monetized it before launching on Product Hunt because uh, mm-hmm. they felt that that's, that's a nice avenue to get people um, to even pay for, uh, for your product. Because uh, some of the early adopters, um, some of them are enthusiasts of product, so so they they could be interested in paying. Uh, our intention was to just launch our product, and we were excited to show it to the mm. world that this is what we have done. Can you c- come check it out? We had a lot of users, repeat users from product and coming back and using the product. We thought, okay, uh, so let us let us 
try monetizing and see how it goes and it's a bit tricky as well how do you price your product what should what should the different uh, pricing tiers be yeah, yeah yeah so and what was the idea like why would people pay yeah so that that's another thing so uh, which um, whether we have to monetize for downloads or for uh, for accessing the platform or um you know locking certain features what should it be there are a lot of options that you have right so what we decided right. to do and we are still running experiments on this um uh, we realized that we'll have to do some some experiment there, there is no way that we can say okay uh, i will ask i will take user feedback and then i will set up set up the price at this price point so um what we did was we just uh, we we did research of our competitors kind of saw where the market is mm-hmm. at but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean people would pay for our product we are still very nascent so we we yeah. looked at the top resume builders we saw we made a matrix of that uh, their pricing plans and the and the amount and then we kind of priced it a bit lower than that so that w- that was our starting point right so people would pay to to use the product there's a trial period mm. of 3 days and then to get access to be able to download the resume they will have to pay but you know and uh, i i use another tool for my resume as well now i forget the name but they do exactly the same model mm-hmm. but what i do is when i reach the um, the resume part i can kind of take a print screen or something i i don't know i always find uh-huh. a way right, to somehow right, right. You know, overcome yeah. this uh, paying wall, right? Uh, yeah, well, is it is it the same yeah, for you, your users? Sure, I I do think like maybe some users do do that, but uh, in the resume we have the ability to add in URLs. So if you were to take a screenshot, your URL might not work. Or yeah, right. and also when you're submitting a PDF, the quality is higher uh, when you mm-hmm. when you can download it. So mm. so that that's yeah but but <laughs> but a screenshot is something that one can do. And uh, so you 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 said you have multiple tiers or or no you only have one uh, one tier of payment. So so we have three now. So we have mm-hmm. uh, changed our pricing. Uh, so for a year we kept certain pricing and uh, very recently we uh, modified the the model. Um mm-hmm. so now it is one month. Three months and six months access for us uh, on the business side, on the finance side. What the next uh, thing would be is to figure out what is our north star metric. Right. So, so you you want to figure out which metric you can use that will lead to the money. So, so you want to see where people are willing to pay the most, right? Is it on downloading? Is it adding adding having an extra feature? uh is it having some machine learning i don't know right. analysis of the resume you want to see what people are willing to pay for is that it right so so what i mean by not star metric let, let me give you an example so mm-hmm. if you take uber uh, their not star metric could be the number of rides completed right what that right. means is mm-hmm. that it it means it everything falls beautifully together when you look at number of rides completed that means the driver has driven this ride the the person who has taken the ride who's the user mm-hmm. the customer has completed the ride and the transaction has completed so um, mm-hmm. uber has also gotten their uh, 
percentage of of cut from from that ride so the right. revenue has been generated the users have gotten their value so everything falls beautifully there and at that point uh, you measure that and then uh, that that's where they are charging as well the, the rides completed that's where their monetization lies right so i, I mean right. yeah so for for us we still have to figure that out um so where they derive most value as you said yeah is it the number of downloads or uh, are they getting more value by um, say what, what suppose we introduce like a watermark so they can still use the free version but is it more valuable for them to remove a watermark or what is it yeah so we'll have to figure mm-hmm. that out got it got it so you you finished you 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 added your first uh, pay paywall right and mm-hmm. uh, how did that go like uh, did you lose your all of you of your users did you get users did you get people paying how did that go so surprisingly we did get a lot of payments in the, in the first uh, first two weeks i would say and then, wow. uh, then there was a bit of dry spell um but then mm-hmm. then after that we got again but uh november uh, was when like october end of october 2020 was when we introduced and uh, mm-hmm. in the month of november we got about um 10 10 paid users in 30 days which was like great for us mm-hmm. yeah so so uh, we didn't lose customers it's just that uh, people who didn't want to pay didn't use the platform that's what happened so, how many uh, paying uh, users did you did you say you had in the first uh, first months? Uh, Ten. Was that enough for you to validate your product? Did you think, okay, we have something here because people are paying for, or was it? Were you expecting for more? Um, so honestly, we didn't start with any expectations. So that was the first time we made dollars on the internet. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so that we were already celebrating after getting yeah. 10 payments, but we were um, aware that this could be a spike because of, uh, you know, the recent product hunt launch. It could be because of that. And right. we would yeah. have to wait for a few months to see that if we are consistently uh, getting uh, that amount. Mm-hmm. After November, it did take a dip. Uh, the revenue did take a dip, right? And uh, mm-hmm. for a couple of months, but then slowly it, after we also realized that, you know, product hunt is just a one-time thing. We can't rely on that. That won't work for us. So we will have to do something actively to keep uh, the the users coming in and then the revenue coming in. Right. And then we have to see marketing as an ongoing process. We can't... Uh, say that okay i have done this one campaign or i have done this launch and then i'm gonna you know sit back chill uh for a couple of months so that that was a painful learning that we had uh early part of this year and that's the painful learning that every bootstrapper (laughs) has to be honest which is oh wait i need to do marketing every day exactly (laughs) we all think that like we launch on product hunt once yeah or reddit and then that's it (laughs) then we are rich in it but no it's it's a constant thing that we have to do and it's super annoying so what what are your uh marketing uh, sources and uh, what, what are you using to market your product at the moment? Right. At the moment, so we, we had two things uh, we tried. One is social media and the other is email marketing. So mm. social media for uh, user acquisition, new users, so that we fill mm-hmm. the top of the funnel. 
and then email marketing is to nurture our existing users to come back and yeah. use the product so we we had that uh, two step process um social media works fine uh, so far twitter linkedin not reddit <laughs> reddit did not work <laughs> and, but mainly we have stuck to two uh, platforms and more than that uh, would be a tad bit difficult and also um now that we know that you know uh, our uh, target audience hangs out mm-hmm. uh, on these platforms and then we just stick to that right so yeah. just focus do you on- use paid ads paying uh, ads uh no i have used it in the past but no luck mm-hmm. like like we spend 100 dollars and then uh, like it's it's pay per click so you know how many people are clicking um mm-hmm. but uh, yeah it's, it did not give any paid user to be mm-hmm. honest so i would say uh, don't waste your time on paid ads because there are so many other things a bootstrapper at such an early stage can do and i would mm-hmm. say that paid ads is a big game you know like like the big companies have their large guns out they have a lot of money that they can yeah, pump in true. yeah so even $1000 might not be enough to do pay, a good pay that yeah, right true. so so what is your strategy to advertise your uh, resume tool on twitter um, what do you tweet about so yeah so it's just engagement so both linkedin and twitter i would say is you just engage with people um you have your uh, product in your banner on your profile but um, yeah i haven't you know shoved it in people's posts like you know i haven't written hey this yeah. is my app check it out i don't think that works but uh, i think it requires a lot of patience you have to be genuinely interested uh, mm-hmm. and invested in in the community that you you want to be a part of um if people talk about building communities but you you don't even have to go that far like you just be a part of a community where your audience is hanging out where your target audience are mm-hmm. and because you're solving for a problem uh just try to talk to them like for me for example it's related to job search so i could write like say tips on how they could structure their sentences better in a yeah, resume yeah, yeah, or yeah, like yeah. you know the tone and things like that so yes. yeah so that's that's mainly that uh, i would say with social mm-hmm. media but then it's it's an everyday thing that that was a painful pill to swallow that it yeah. has to become a part of you with with my projects and it's it's for both so both my podcast and my app mm-hmm. it's I during the launch I got my users kind of mm-hmm. and I haven't be able to improve on that especially for the podcast like the podcast I launched it and in the first month mm-hmm. the number of listeners I had per episode is basically the same as after 3 months and uh, you know it's it's really frustrating because I'm not able to grow beyond that right. is that something that is also happening to you or are you seeing a, a growth uh, uh, every month for us it's it's a very steady slow growth i would say linear i would like for it to be exponential you know mm-hmm. um but but i think i i think for at least what, from what i have read uh, you know like articles by other bootstrappers that that mm-hmm. it it could be linear maybe for a couple of months but some there is a point where there is an inflection point where it could just you know snowball into something larger so you just have to keep at it and then you never know what would click maybe one yeah. tweet might get viral or something like for example we posted on uh, dev.to one of the platforms where uh, developers hang out and we got a lot mm-hmm. of traffic from from one small post which we hadn't even imagined would 
uh, would be interesting for them. But mm. but we got a lot of clicks, a lot of signups from that one one post. So yeah, I mean. True, I, I've I've heard that a lot. People say like keep on pushing, and and one day you we're all waiting for that, uh, you know, magic viral retweet that someone <laughs> will retweet our product and will suddenly be become rich. But I start doubting that. I start thinking that that's that won't happen. And I because I don't know if it's not growing thirty percent every month or something. Mm -hmm. it, it something might be wrong, and we might have to change uh, our approach. I don't know, um, but right. uh, you know, one one thing that I that I got from uh, uh, Dagobert. I don't know if you heard this interview, but he told yes. me that the great tool for him was to have a chat on his uh, website so that he can interact with the clients himself. Do you have the same as well? Yes. Yeah, so we did introduce a chat feature uh, for mm -hmm. them to just get in touch with us. Personally, we haven't had a lot of luck with the chat. Uh, okay. But I have had a lot of conversations outside of our own uh, platform, like on social media. Right. So, so I, I guess it depends on your product as well, or uh, depends on on your situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but but mm -hmm. definitely, it's it's good to have that option for people to come and talk to you. And uh, what about SEO? Do you see a lot of uh, people coming just by organic searching on Google? So right now, that that's what is picking up. Uh, initially, mm. that, that it wasn't that great, but also SEO takes a lot of time. So right. um, it is it is for the long term. Uh, people do search for uh, markdown resume, beautiful markdown resume, and keywords like that. So we mm -hmm. would like to optimize it further, and uh, we want to build. Right. Um, yeah, in the past few months, one of the learnings I've had is that uh, building content um, is kind of like the foundation for marketing for a yeah. any channel so once you have a certain amount of content you know uh, it could mm -hmm. help with seo it could help with reposting on social media it could um, yeah. even help with creating backlinks you know with with other right. domains with higher authority so things like that yeah so that's something also that i've been learning that uh, a, a the best way to have a consistent marketing source is to have uh, content because people will end up, if you if you are actually solving a problem, mm -hmm. people will end up finding you and using you. And uh, I've seen that, for instance, with, with Changeit, that most of my users that come download the app daily, they come from uh, searching from the Play Store. When they search oh, for great. climate change, right. then they find it and then they install. And, um, and the same, I also have a website. So I always... Now tell to people that first thing that they should do is to build a website and a blog from day one. <laughs> right. Uh, it yeah. will take a while. Yeah. It will take a while, but uh, that's what where your users will come in the future. I don't know. I'm also figuring these things out right. as I go. Just keep um, at it, basically. One one last thing that I want to ask you is, so you you decided to quit your job. Yeah. Uh, is your uh, husband also uh, all, all in in this? Um, no, so he hasn't quit his job, um, mm -hmm. and I I am also taking up some freelance projects on the side uh, to right. keep some of the uh, income coming in because it is a mm -hmm. very risky decision and there's mm -hmm. only so much savings that you know you can dig into. So I've also yeah, given yeah. myself some time um, to see that you know if if we can bring it up to a sustainable level where it can replace my uh, income. But mm -hmm. uh, if it doesn't, then I, I will have to take some uh, 
serious decisions you know whether to, yeah. to continue or like i can always go back to working so that's the thing that gives me confidence that especially because a yeah. lot of roles are now remote or you can just you know yeah. just go and but how do go. you feel about that how do you feel about going back to work not that great <laughs> not not ideal yes definitely not ideal uh doesn't excite me at the moment what excites me is the potential uh, that our product has so um, i truly believe that you know we can uh, take this up to the next level so so you you're how much money are you making now per month uh, per month uh, about 110 yeah so month okay. per month yeah i mean that's already 10 times more what i'm making <laughs> 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 so it's great for me you know i wish uh, yeah I, i mean that's that's where the frustration lies right where those do you also have these dark times where you think what the hell am i doing like i i love this product but it's just not paying the bills yeah so so that's when i started freelancing i i could not uh it, it kind of eats me up you know because you're so used to this constant uh income you know every month you get salary so you know that Uh, there is some cushioning but then once that's mm -hmm. taken away so which is why i've considered freelancing as well so then um i don't have to be so worried where it causes mm. anxiety for me but i can still choose when to work and when not to work so i can take the yeah. projects uh, when i really feel the need a bit but yeah yeah, yeah I, i i thought of that too to do that uh but i don't know <laughs> because it also takes you time right exactly, it takes you yeah. time from from your from your product Correct. from your main focus but yeah i definitely feel like yeah uh, oh my god like i cannot buy stuff yes. I, before <laughs> i used to buy stuff you know vacation uh, yes. some item that i want and then i thought okay it's fine yeah and now i think every time i buy no this is just like you know <laughs> uh, reducing <laughs> yeah or reducing my runway right uh as the exactly. last question I, that i want to ask you and this is always a hard one mm -hmm. so take your time to to, to think about it but What have you learned since you started Resume? What what are the, the top things you've learned that you didn't know before that uh, that now you know and uh, you'd probably change if you would have to start all over again? I would say the biggest learning for me has been that marketing can easily be like 80% of your time. You mm -hmm. know, like it, it would make sense to put 80% of your time into marketing and say 20% into your product. Once your product is already built to a certain stage, you don't need to keep um, pushing more features or adding more things. It's very tempting. But I, I feel that's a wake-up call that I had when I started because I... Personally, I'm very excited to build more features, you know, and like a spell check and uh, even um, collaborate with other um, platforms like job search platforms or, mm. or have more features. But but then as a founder, you need to uh, constantly like uh, go back to the drawing board and say, okay, what is the most important thing? Because I'm, I have quit my job. I want to build mm. a sustainable business. So revenue is, is of importance. It's not a side project anymore where I can just keep building features because I like to. Uh, the second thing I learned is um, 
basically like don't don't buy domains or don't buy things uh, before uh, you even validate your product so i had two other ideas mm-hmm. in the past as i mentioned which failed mm-hmm. so what we had done was we bought the domain and uh, we we started building it login page everything but then we soon realized that that was not a product someone requires so mm-hmm. um, i would say just build as minimal as possible at the beginning right, yeah, yeah. Kavya, thank you so much for uh, sharing a little bit of your journey with us, the wannabe entrepreneurs. It was a true pleasure to learn from you. Thank you, Tiago. Uh, I didn't even realize when when the hour went by. <laughs> It was a super nice conversation. And I will uh, link your uh, Twitter, your uh, website, and everything you want me to share on the show notes. Great. Just make sure to, to check that out. And... Uh, Yeah, I hope that you learned a lot also from uh, Kavya, as I did. And uh, you already know, there's also many other interviews for you to listen. So you just you can go to actually to the website. You can go to just uh, uh, wannabe-entrepreneur.com and check the episodes. And you can even filter by interviews. And there's uh, many other uh, nice entrepreneurs to learn from. So yeah, this was another Wannabe Entrepreneur. See you tomorrow. <laughs>